Welcome to the Talent Acquisition Innovators Radio, the podcast for talent acquisition aficionados, HR lovers, and recruitment professionals out there looking to get inspired and challenge traditional approaches to hiring. Here, we'll discuss the ins and outs of the recruitment process, engaging fresh talent, managing tough internal hiring dilemmas, and of course, the future of talent acquisition. I'm your host, Sim Samra from Recruitee. I'll be quizzing the experts, asking the burning questions, and of course, bringing you great guests each episode. By the end of every episode, we'll offer a few hypotheticals and of course, tips to take back to your team and workplace. Welcome to our podcast. Today, I'm joined by Stephen Lander Hayden, the VP of Growth at OfferZen. Welcome, Stephen. Um, would you give our listeners a quick introduction to yourself and OfferZen? Cool. Thanks, Sim. Thanks for having me. OfferZen is a tech talent marketplace. So essentially, we help software developers get jobs at uh, really cool companies. We're originally from South Africa, so we're about five years old as a company. Uh, recently launched in Europe, starting with Amsterdam. We try and take a slightly different approach to kind of finding tech talent. Um, our approach has always been a community-first approach. We were founded by two software makers, software developers, um, and we've kind of been the the four devs by devs um, recruitment like uh, talent marketplace from the beginning. So what that looks like in the real world is many T-shirts at many meetups, uh, many kind of small hackathon type make day, build things with us um, environments, building online communities with partners and those kinds of things. So that's really where we try and, and set ourselves up. Our mission um, is really around connecting people and creating community first and foremost. Um, and we found that that creates a very solid community to talk to. And from that, we find a lot of people looking for jobs through us. Um, and that really has worked for us for quite a long time. And that brings us to where we are today. Um, just launched in, in Amsterdam um, and starting afresh with a whole new community um, where no one knows us um, with a whole whack of new challenges, learning a lot, having some early wins. Um, obviously, in the current market scenario, it's quite difficult, but we're forging on and we're, we're enjoying meeting all the people that we are as we launch in Amsterdam. Great stuff. So today we'll be discussing a little bit about your report that you launched earlier this year. It's the 2020 Developers Remote Work Report, which basically examined how developers feel about working from home. Um, so let's dive in. Uh, according to your report, up to 91% of developers are more likely to choose, choose a job with remote working benefits. But was this already um, implemented at your company uh, prior to the pandemic? As a company, OfferZen was not remote initially, but on our platform, we saw quite a wide spectrum of companies that were remote, semi-remote, and kind of all flavors of setup. And we saw that as, as the pandemic kind of unfolded, um, a lot of people had to make almost emergency remote kind of plans, uh, including ourselves as, as OfferZen. And we saw that quite interestingly, companies adopted those at different rates. So some people would um, make it very quick and very explicit that they were moving to remote um, and others dragged their heels and kind of adopted the things a, a bit more slowly. But even last year, uh, we did a state of the developer nation in South Africa, which is, as I said, where we're from. We did a survey of about 3,600 developers. And other than salary, 
uh, flexi hours and remote work were the two most sought after um, benefits. So from a talent side and from a kind of developer community side, those things have always been wanted. And the, the thing that happened as the pandemic unfolded is um, people got a taste of that. I think we can discuss that a little bit more. Um, and now it's become some, some kind of reality. So it's, it's part of our reality now. Uh, we've become distributed now as office and we are remote. Um, and we're seeing a lot of our companies, uh, both in South Africa and Amsterdam, going the same way. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, in this year, uh, it's definitely shaken up the kind of uh, benefits um, packages that people really want to see implemented in the workplace. But when it comes to attracting developers, what other perks and benefits should companies consider when looking to hire? I think one of the things that has, has become quite difficult, I mean, I can give you the, the results of our survey and th those kinds of things are, are relatively obvious. You know, it's um, things about learning, it's growth opportunities, those kinds of benefits and, and things that people will look for in a job. I think what, what has changed now, and we, we've seen it uh, in your report as well, um, is that people want optionality. So it's very difficult for us to say that a certain benefit is kind of the next best thing to money or remote work or whatever the kind of thing is. The way that I see um, our current reality in the talent space is that it's almost kind of like workplace personalization. So it's, it's not necessarily about giving them a certain, any person a certain benefit because that ranges person to person. So I think what really does enable companies to compete for talent and what people actually want is choice and autonomy. So it's a bit of a nonsense answer because it's everything all in one. But I, I really do believe after the research that we've done within the remote report, the conversations that we've been having, that this is where we're, we're headed in that in order to compete, you can't just have remote or office, medical aid or childcare benefits. Um, it's about starting to increase personalization that you offer as a company to your employees. It's a nice way to put it, workplace personalization. Yeah, that's the first time I've heard that term. I wrote it down on my iPad while prepping for this podcast, so I'm not sure, I'm not sure if it's a legitimate term, just, just as a caveat. Um, so are you remote hiring at the moment? Yes, we are. And it's difficult. And I think you have to now. So I was just looking at there's a company based here in the Netherlands, MessageBird. They've just raised Series C. It's $200 million. It's a lot of money. And they've also just released saying, look, uh, we have a work from anywhere policy and... Um, we have this great saying that they that they have life happens, you know. So they've got this totally respectful policy. They're hiring remotely. These are the companies of the future that you're competing against for talent. So I think if you're not hiring remotely right now, you're probably in trouble. And if you're not planning to hire remotely at some point in the future, you will not be able to compete for that set of talent. So we are. It is difficult. We have some learnings. Um, and we definitely are making mistakes. Um, but we are seeing an increasing trend uh, of the companies on our platform that are also now hiring remotely. Whether that's permanent, it's too early to say, but we're definitely seeing the trend happen in that direction. Would you be able to share some of your learnings uh, when hiring remotely for developers? In our report, there are a bunch of links to things that are useful and are kind of tips and tricks. But I think the, the main takeaway, takeaway from me from the things that I've read that have been created by our teams and my personal experience is starting to become disciplined about being explicit 
about who you are and what your processes are. So as we've become more remote, and I suppose this counts for inter-team, existing team kind of collaboration, is just making it very clear who you are as a company has become all the more important. So in the talent world, we call it employer branding, but making it very, very clear and easy for a person to understand who you are, to understand who what your mission is, what the benefits are, how you approach things. And through that, you give that person increased autonomy and, and kind of give them the increased opportunity to make the right decision of whether you're the right fit for them. And I suppose it goes both ways. Both the candidate and the company need to become increasingly explicit about who they are, what they want. Um, and I think the old, the old one-hour interview format where you've got a kind of top grading methodology or whatever the, the interviewing methodology you use, I think that needs to be revisited quite seriously in light of this we need more information to make the decision um, because we're doing it remotely. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You know, the situation has changed. I know employer branding is a huge focus for companies at the moment. It's not like how it used to be where a candidate comes in and you can show them the office. You have to get creative with how you showcase your workplace culture, how you uh, make sure that teams are aligned and communicating and how you represent that to the world. Um, so it's definitely an emphasis point for companies this year. I just wanted to, to discuss a little bit about some of the findings that came across in your report, because it mentioned that distributed teams and co-working spaces may become the future of work. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that would look like to actually implement? I mean, this is something that within the management team at Offizen, we've we've explored and grappled with quite a lot. Because of this drive for autonomy, you've got to start looking at giving people choice. And you can see, if you look at what Microsoft has kind of um, been doing lately, their chief uh, people officer um, has, says it nicely. She's like, she says, we will offer as much flexibility as possible to support individual work styles. So again, that's this kind of workplace personalization type thing that it's not just uh, me writing it on an iPad. This is the stuff that kind of Microsoft and some of the world's biggest employers are doing and thinking about. So when it comes to to this, it's about, I would almost dare to use the word inclusion, um, giving people options. So the way we're thinking about it is giving people the options within our satellites, Amsterdam and Cape Town, to come into an office should they need to. And that, because of the nature of the should they need to part of it, it becomes um, fluid and flux. So it becomes very kind of congruent with co-working. So you're in and out, you're moving. So same, some of the same principles of space apply. So we see that as a very exciting opportunity, so much so that uh, in Amsterdam, our office is also a developer co-working space. So every week we run these, these things called make days where we, we build stuff. We, at the moment, we're building self-watering plants with Arduinos uh, with a bunch of developers. Um, and we also offer that space to them as a third space where they can come in and out and work depending on, um, obviously, <laughs> the COVID rules of the day and their company policy. But we believe very much in providing space as one of the elements that allow people to to have choice in how they, they kind of become productive. So it's clear that developers all want to be productive, but depending on your situation, that requires different things. And we see that in the results is that a lot for a lot of people remote that's great. But for other people with a four-year-old and a two-year-old like I have, I need a space to be productive. So giving people that choice is important. 
what really becomes difficult is if you kind of half do it and it's not just choice but some people need to be in Cape, like around a city center and other people don't that becomes quite confusing so i think the what what we're going to need to see from kind of leaders of businesses is very decisive action one way or another um, and very clearly saying look we have become remote first companies like messagebird microsoft making these big statements and, and kind of pushing us over the edge I think you're spot on with that. Um, I know it's something that we've implemented that we have the option at Recruity to at least go into the offices with a set number of people per day, um, depending on how things change. But it's nice to be given the option um, because you're right, you know, we all have our own set of circumstances and uh, having the space is a requirement for some people in order to be able to um, fully be productive. Um, and Sometimes the remote work setup just doesn't work for certain people. And being in an office space or a co-working space is what helps them unleash their creativity. So I do think that's a, a good way to be moving forward with the future of work. Um, but let's see how it unfolds as we head into 2021. Back to your report, 45% of your respondents said that collaboration with their teams was neither bad nor great in a remote working setup. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on how this could be uh, improved upon and what OfferZen is doing to empower developers to communicate better within their teams. This is a, an a really interesting one. And what, one of the things we saw as we released the report to our companies is that they kind of came this like, look, everybody says they want it, but when it's time to get work done, then everyone kind of backtracks. And it's, and it's very, very early on, and it's very evident that management are the first people to say, look, okay, let's just all go back to the office. And I think you made the point earlier, and that's the point that I'd like to make, is that this requires an insane amount of work. Our entire way of working just got absolutely shifted. There's no real playbook. There are a couple of companies that have been doing this for a long time. But trying to find a remote work consultant that's been building a multinational remote working business for the last five years is pretty difficult. <laughs> Not many of them. So this is new territory. The really difficult thing comes down to effort. And effort, these things take effort. And these things take um, kind of management buy-in. So I've been pushing quite hard internally to get someone to just focus on this problem because this is a whole new space. And one of the big things around it is this I really like the the life happens to us motto. So I mentioned my kids earlier. I even said in the prequel to the podcast, listen, if they come in, we're going to have to do a, a retake. But this is the, the reality now. We've had to accept this. It's been forced down our throats. So I think one of the big up-and-coming skills that a company will need to have is to be able to asynchronously collaborate. So there are tools like Miro and those kinds of things where we can do our what we used to do in a digital world but I think the companies that will really win are those companies that are, are getting asynchronous collaboration, right? Being able to run a kickoff meeting without having a synchronous meeting and being able to um, kind of plan campaigns or move through product roadmaps in an asynchronous way, guided by not necessarily set synchronous processes, but principles and codes of conduct. And what really excites me about the software developer community is they've been doing this for a very long time. Um, so the open source community has been doing working across many time zones in a very disciplined way to create value and stuff together in a collaborative remote way. So as a developer community, we've been doing this for a long time, which gives us another unfair advantage for the future, I think. Okay. 
Another finding from your report that I found quite interesting was that um, almost 40% of survey respondents said they felt interactions with their direct manager had improved under a remote working setup. But for those tech hiring managers who are struggling with this, uh, how can they ensure they set clear expectations and check-in points with developers? Again, it's down to concerted effort, intentional setting of cadences and those kinds of things. What we've seen and in the conversations that we've had with managers, it's about not trying to do the old thing in the new way, um, I think, again. So it's just relooking at your calendar, your cadences, your observances, and looking at that, the way in which you interact with the team and making sure that you understand why you were having those meetings. So your one-on-one meetings, your stand-ups, those kinds of things, and making sure that you you redesign and or explicitly re-include all of the things that you used to do. I found that that process of rethinking things the, the most useful personally and the people that I've spoken to that have that are doing well here have rethought it. You know, it's you can't um, go, f- you know, we, we one of the team members were doing really well and kind of an old madman type of a type of celebration would be, you know, take the guy out for a steak lunch and a glass of red wine. You, you can't yeah. do that anymore. So you have to find another way of showing your appreciation and tapping the, the person on the back and saying, look, we really value you. So I think it's about understanding what has actually happened and that we can't just keep doing the old things in a different way, in a kind of square peg round hole way. We should think about why we do the things we need to do and how we need to add the value to our team members. Um, and then reimagine them and often do that with our team members saying, look, how does, how can this work for you in the new, in the new space and our new reality? I think, especially in this year where everything's changed so dramatically for, for all companies and employees, you know, just even, um, doing a, a, a weekly check-in on your employees is just so important just to sort of find out how people are actually getting on in their work week, uh, as we sort of shift to this new workplace norm. It's just having a bit of empathy this year as well. And um, also just making sure that the lines of communication are open, that you've, you feel trusted to be able to approach your manager for things and vice versa. It's been a lesson for everyone. And I think it's a, it's a nice thing when you feel entrusted by your company with your tasks and your productivity, and that's also reciprocated. Yeah. Uh, it makes for a much happier employee-employer experience. I think one of the, the one of the exciting things around that, as you say, is this inclusion and the understanding that now your work life is just your life. Um, it yeah. is work plus life. And all of us have seen it, right? You've seen the kid or the pet or whatever the story is or the person's uh, Zoom. Like in the background of the Zoom, you start to get this glimpse into people's lives. One of the things we try and do is we contribute to a, like a, a team Google Photos album and we post like some of our personal weekend fo- pics or things we did that week because we found that if people have a bigger or an increased amount of empathy for what's happening in the person's personal life, um, that can also help just from an understanding perspective and understanding why someone's a bit slow to respond or whatever those things are. So I, yeah. I totally agree with you on that. So. We're almost out of time, so I'm going to put one more question to you. Looking to the future, does OfferZen have any training programs, tools, or resources in place to continue supporting developers and the remote working setup? 
as a tech talent marketplace, we have a vested interest in software companies becoming successful at building great teams. So acquiring, mm-hmm. maintaining, um, retaining talent. It is basically our mission at this point to some extent. So um, that's the reason we created the remote report. A lot of companies are saying, look, what else is happening? Who else is doing what? And kind of looking for increased um, benchmarking. So in South Africa, where we have a very big marketplace relative to the to the actual marketplace, and we have quite authoritative data. So our plan for the next, call it five quarters, as the growth team at Offizen is to continue to work with our community. We believe that we don't have the the value, the community has the value. So work with the people within our community, find the most useful resources, whether that be from surveys, data, podcasts, blogs, whatever the story might be, and just continue to surface that for the other members of the community. And that, that theme really is about taking our kind of increased responsibility as, as the software development community. We are the custodians of the future now. You can see all companies, look at the stock market, software companies are the future. So how do we enable companies to compete for talent? How do we enable talent to understand and navigate the new world of remote interviewing, um, remote working, managing work-life balance? That's basically what my whole team does 24-7. So if you are interested in that, come check Office N out, check out the blog listen to the podcast. Um, and if we're messing it up, please give us some feedback. Contact Dietzer on the site. Good stuff. Steven, thank you so much for joining me today. Perfect. Thanks so much, Sim. It was great. Thanks again for joining us on the Talent Acquisition Innovators Radio. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And of course, if you did, feel free to share it on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, or wherever you're most active. And if you'd like to be updated on when our next podcast is going to be released, you can sign up at blog.recruity.com slash podcast. See you in the next one.